Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, a podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. This week, we have two mysterious deaths to investigate. Very mysterious. You ready? You want to go first? I'll go first. All right. All right. So. What you got? Have you ever heard of the Hinterkaifeck murders? I've heard of it. From me. Vegas. <laughs> Definitely from you. This I a- vaguely know that it was a mysterious murder and I know it's German. It is German. It. Okay. Let me tell you. I don't remember how I first heard about this. And I don't really know why I'm so fascinated by this case, but I am. So, the evening of March 31st, 1922, back in the 20s, the six inhabitants of a farmstead near the hamlet of Kaifek. Adorable. Yeah, I know. It's really cute. um, About 43 miles north of Munich, Germany, were killed with a mattock from their own farm, which a mattock, by the way, I did not know. I was like, what the hell is that? is a hand tool that's sort of similar to a pickaxe. Like, it's got a big wooden handle, and then the head is kind of stout and metal, and usually, like, both sides are kind of different for different purposes, but generally, you know. Okay. No, I think I know what you're talking about. to be beaten with one. Right. Yeah. Um, and this murder has never been solved, of course. So, a little backstory here with the Hinterkaifeck. The word Hinterkaifeck has the common German prefix hinter, which means behind, because this farm was kind of hidden in the woods about a kilometer north of this main part of this little town called Kaifek. Okay. So it's hinter Kaifek. It's behind Kaifek. Um, and its isolation kind of in the middle of all these woods is part of the reason why nobody has any idea what happened. None of the neighbors lived close enough to see anything. Hmm. Um, so before the murders happened, there were some weird things observed by the family kind of in and around the farm. Um, there had been a family maid that six months beforehand had quit because she was insistent that the house was haunted. Interesting. Which was interesting. Um, the father, the sort of patriarch of the family had found sort of a strange newspaper on the property that same month. Um, which doesn't seem weird now, but I guess at the time, you know, with all the houses being so isolated, it's not like it would be accidentally delivered. It, you know, was a paper that nobody nearby subscribed to. So it was just odd. Right. That it was even there? Like, who was on the property? It's not like it's 2018 where you could get, you know, newspapers from all over the world. Yeah. Anywhere. Exactly. Like, it was from, I think it was a paper from Munich, but still, <clears> like, just nobody that he knew that lived nearby subscribed to it. So it wasn't like the mailman had it and was like, whoops. Okay. Um, so that's a little strange. Um, and the creepiest part was that just a few days before the murders, he mentioned to some of the neighbors that he saw these... Um, footprints in the fresh snow that led from the woods to their house, which isn't odd in itself because people would sometimes be in the woods and would come by to, you know, see if somebody was around. But the creepy part was that there were no footprints leading back away from the house. Oof. Yeah. So it wasn't like somebody had come by and nobody was home and they left and went back to the woods. Like, somebody Hmm. came from those woods and didn't leave. Didn't leave. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which gives me chills. Um, They had one of their house keys went missing um they'd hear footsteps in the attic but nobody was ever found when they searched so it was just kind of creepy like yeah with the other maid leaving thinking it was haunted it's like what's going on in this house right um so on april 4th several days after the murders was when the bodies were found 
Several people had stopped by the house in the time between March 31st and April 4th for various reasons and not found the bodies. Um, April 1st, the next day, these coffee sellers had arrived to place an order. Um, Nobody responded when they knocked. They noticed that like a gate was open that probably shouldn't have been, but they were just like, okay, and they left. Hmm. Um, April 3rd, there was a postman delivering mail and noticed that the mail that he had previously left was still in the same spot, hadn't been picked up, um, which he thought was odd, but didn't look around. Yeah. And then on April 4th, the day that the bodies were discovered, um, there was a man arrived that must have had like a previously scheduled repair for one of the pieces of farm equipment. He got there, nobody was around, he waited like an hour, and then he just decided to go ahead and do the repair. Um, He was there for like five hours and had no idea that there were just bodies right nearby. Yeah, that's um, kind of horrifying. Yeah, he. one of the creepy <clears throat> things was that he said when he finished, he noticed that the barn door was open, which is where the bodies were, but he couldn't say for sure that they had been open when he got there. So it's possible that whoever killed those people were around <laughs> and were kind of like, it almost seems like they were leaving a clue, like wanting him to find the bodies. Right. So creepy that's super creepy yeah but he he had peeked inside the barn even and didn't see anything and then when he went back to town he mentioned it to a few folks um including the mayor about just it was weird that nobody was there that he was supposed to you know be doing this repair and so the village guide which just seems so weird now but early 20s in germany i don't know i guess village guides were a thing sure um lorenz lorenz schlittenbauer (laughs) i don't know how to say anything in german that's a great name it's great um, so that dude, the village guide, sent his two sons to go check out the house to be like, let's see what's going on. Right. Um, they didn't see anybody, just came back and were just like, don't know. Which like, dude, dude come on. Way to like not do your job. <laughs> way to not do your job. And so the guide himself went with a couple other dudes and that's when they found the bodies of all six people in this house. It was Andreas Gruber, 63 year old man. His wife, uh, Kazilia Gruber, 72. Their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, 35. Um, and then her daughter, also named Kazilia, who was seven. Um, they were all murdered in the barn. They were stacked up on top of each other, covered in hay. Which is horrible. That's weird. And then they continued investigating and found the chambermaid, Maria Baumgartner, who had just started work that day. Oh. She had literally been dropped off by a friend hours before that's a shitty first day yeah or the day of the murder but still right um and victoria's other child her son joseph who was only two who was found in his bassinet in the bedroom awful so of course they have no real idea what happened the night of the murders because nobody survived right it's It's just like there's like forensics back then yeah not really like i guess i thought i read that they only took like five photos at the scene like a couple photos in the barn. There was, like, a photo from outside of the barn, like, looking at the house. And then I think a couple photos in the house, like, where the bodies were found. But that was pretty much it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's nothing certain of what exactly happened. Um, but it seems like the parents, their daughter, and then her daughter were kind of lured into the barn. Um It just seemed like, just based on what was normal for farm life back then, it just seemed odd that all four of them would have been in the barn for some reason when, like, somebody came in. Right. Um, So that's also another creepy aspect, that, like, there was potentially somebody luring them one by one out to the barn and killing them. How did they go about luring them? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. And I'm assuming that there were 
for some reason I'm picturing like an empty barn, but there must have been animals in this barn. So like it's maybe they, you know, one by one heard the animals making weird noises or being sounding like they were being disturbed. And so would go in to check it out. <laughs> um, but they did an experiment that proved that from in the barn, if you were screaming, you couldn't hear it from most other places in the house. So it seems like feasible knowing that, that like somebody could have been killed in the barn and even like surprised and screaming right. and people in the house wouldn't necessarily heard it. So hmm. they wouldn't have been like, Oh my God, what's going on in there? Right. Um, so it probably wasn't hmm. people like rushing in to be like, Oh no. Um, so yeah, just like, I want to know so badly, like how, who was in there? Was it somebody they knew? Right. We don't know. Um, hmm. so yeah. So, which explains to why the maid never made it in. Most likely the killer or killers killed those four in the barn. And then who knows, like, if they just didn't know that there was a maid in the, the two-year-old there, or if they just thought it would be tough to get them out in the barn. I have no idea. Um, so, yeah, the Munich Police Department did an exhaustive investigation. They questioned more than 100 different suspects. Jesus. Um, the most recent of which was in 1986. So really? 60 years later. Um, hmm. But they have no conclusive results. Um, the saddest part of the evidence showed that the... The young daughter, Kazilia, the seven-year-old, had been alive for several hours after the murders. They found her with tufts of her hair ripped out of her head, like, in her own hands. to herself? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Which then is just like, is that out of fear or pain or what? What's going on What is the deal? Nothing good. It seemed like they were all dead from, like, severe head injuries, so Hmm. who knows what was going on there. But, yeah, the police initially thought robbery. Um, but they found a huge sum of money on the property, so they figured, you know, if it was a robbery, that was kind of a bad job. Yeah, he failed. So, um, and the another creepy aspect is that the perpetrator or perpetrators, there's evidence that they stayed at the house for several days after they committed the murders. Ugh. Yeah. they wow. The cattle had been fed. Uh, the supply of bread from the kitchen, which I guess they must have known when it had been delivered, um, had been all eaten. And they had, like, been some recently cut meat from the pantry. And the neighbors, the reason they didn't really think anything was up, they saw smoke coming from the chimney all weekend long. Ugh. Yeah. So whoever fucking killed them just hung out for days. wild. Like, not like they got there and killed them that night and they were like, well, I'm not going to go all the way back through the woods now. Like, it's late. Right. Like, they stayed there for days. With these bodies slowly decomposing in the the barn. In the freaking barn. Like, yikes. So... Yeah, that like always creeped me out too. That they, yeah. I don't know. Which to me feels like it maybe was somebody that they knew. It seems like it would be an odd thing to just randomly kill somebody and then be like, I'm going to chill here for a while. And I feel like sort of getting away with this kind of murder back then would have required some level of like familiarity with like the customs of that particular town mm. or that particular like at least, like, rural Germany at that time. Yeah. Because, like, for them to have, like, got in there and been familiar enough to, like, feed the cattle and, like, I don't know, it just seems like somebody who had knowledge of their lifestyle and was able to just kind of, like, slip into their lifestyle and maybe that was what they were trying to do. Right. But it seems weird that they just murdered everybody straight out. Mm -hmm. I wonder, see, I wonder if all of those people died at the same time like how did they right. determine that i don't know i don't know if <clears throat> yeah forensics was that i mean obviously it was advanced at least to the point where they knew if they found them on the fourth they knew that they had died on the 31st right 
which, I mean, who knows if that was like a rough estimate at the time. Right. I don't know as much as I would like about body decomposition, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> but I'm assuming that there'd be some level of that. It was winter because, yeah, the father had reported seeing tracks in the fresh snow like days right. before. So it's definitely winters, so maybe not as much as there would have been, but like who knows right. if even that estimate is 100% correct. But hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just always creeped me out that they just stayed in yeah. the house. Just That's ugh. like the weirdest part of all that. Otherwise ugh. you would just think it's just some random stranger killing, but yeah. living in a house of the people that you just murdered with their bodies in the barn next yeah. door and feeding their like, cattle and eating their food. Taking care of their animals. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, so hmm. uh, one of the main suspects was Carl Gabriel, who was the husband of Victoria. So she was the the sort of middle-aged, like the 35-year-old woman okay. who had the two young kids. Um, he had reportedly been killed during the First World War in December 1914, but his body had never been recovered. And there were some rumors that he had exchanged identities with a fallen comrade. So hmm. kind of unclear. Obviously, you know, people were like, of course he died. And then other people were like, I don't know. Right. Some people said that they had met him or had seen him after he supposedly died. Um, and then, yeah, the rumors that he had switched identities. Um, Victoria had not only given birth to the two-year-old Joseph illegitimately in his absence, but she had that child with her father. There was incest going on oh. that people in the village knew about. It was documented in court, which I don't know why. What the fuck? Yeah, what, what, what was that going mean? on there? I don't really know. Huh. Um, but the theory is that Carl killed the family to seek revenge because okay. his wife was doing it with her dad. I buy that. Which is really gross. Yeah, um, so that's that's one theory. The other main suspect was that Lorenz, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the village guide. Oh, interesting. Yeah, who ended up finding them. Um, that is a classic police tactic. The person who finds the right. body is always a suspect. Yeah, and again, strange <clears throat> that all these other people had kind of gone by. I mean, nobody obviously was looking for dead bodies. Nobody was really looking that hard for them, obviously. Right. But it is odd that he was the first one to finally be like, oh, there they are. Right. Maybe because he knew where they were. Right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he had supposedly also carried on a relationship with Victoria. Wow. She was... Fucking Victoria. Yeah, damn. Um, and it was rumored that he was the one who fathered Joseph because apparently there were initials on Joseph's birth certificate that matched his initials, <laughs> which seems odd. Um, yeah, the locals suspected him because he did some weird things during the recovery, like after finding the bodies, he the two dudes that he brought kind of went outside, like totally shocked. I mean, they just found a pile of bodies, including yeah. a seven-year-old. Right. Um, but Lorenz, I'm just assuming that's how it's pronounced. Sounds Lorenz, right to me. I don't know. Classic Lorenz. <laughs> Classic Lorenz. Went into the house alone, which they also said that they heard him unlock the door with a key. Maybe oh, the missing that's... key, maybe the key that he got from Victoria if they were carrying on a relationship. Right. Um, but that seemed weird that he had a key. But he went into the house saying that he was looking for his son, which is... Oh. Both like that, to me, at least like implies that there was something going on with him and her, but like yeah. not necessarily. I mean, if he did kill these people, then he also killed the son. But right. maybe he just wanted to make sure the son was found. I don't know. Hmm. Um... And then he also, apparently, it wasn't said what he had done, and I'm assuming maybe he moved the bodies, but it, he disturbed the bodies at the scene, which kind of messed with the initial investigation, which he said he was doing because he was looking for his son still. Right. So maybe if they were stacked up, he was, like, looking to see 
Like, is he under there? Interesting. Don't know. Hmm. So, yeah, he kind of messed with some evidence, which seems like an odd thing for an innocent person who would be, you know, looking for the killer to do. Like, why would you screw with the one chance we have of finding the killer? Right. So, but, you know, maybe if that was his son, and if he was actually innocent, he was just distraught, knowing that his son was there. Hmm. I don't know. He's definitely, like, involved in some way. Yeah. That's definitely not, like, the behavior of somebody who's just, like, a not carrying, at least at the very least, carrying on with Victoria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was definitely something going on. Um, And then there were other suspects, of course. Like I said, they questioned 100 people or more. So there were other people, but they just weren't really quite as strong. Um, But there were just a lot of weird reports, like these just little snippets of information and rumor that surrounded this case that kind of made it hard for anything to get pinpointed. Um, Like there were just all these different shady people that had reported been reported like around the area of the farmstead like there was somebody that said that they saw two strange men kind of on the the tree line um right by the woods when they were there like i don't know if they were there dropping something off or delivering something um a few days before the murders and like said they saw these two weird dudes that once the dudes were spotted like turned their backs towards the farmstead so you couldn't see their faces Hmm. like just weird shit like that um five years later in 1927 there was a stranger that stopped a resident of this nearby town of Wadehofen, Wadehofen. Um, at midnight, he asked the per- this resident questions about the murder, and then he shouted that he was the murderer and then ran into the woods. Oh. Like, what the hell? That's weird. What the hell is that? Um, the maid who had arrived, like I said, just mere hours before the murders, um, but there was never any investigation into like maybe the crime being connected to her in some way. Not that she did it, but just maybe it was something to do with her presence. Um, But again, there was some weird shit happening before then, so who knows. Um, And then ultimately there was no motive that they could figure out for these killings. But the brutality of the killings and the placement of the bodies, the fact that the person stuck around like implied some kind of relationship with the victim. So it was just kind of (laughs) odd. Like who did this? Right. Nobody knows. So, yeah, the farmstead was completely demolished less than a year after the murders. It is now an agricultural area, although there is a little memorial right on the site that has the names of the victims and some other info that I couldn't read because it was in German. (laughs) Um, And the dead are buried in that nearby Wadehofen, town of Wadehofen, cemetery, but they do not have their skulls. Their skulls were kept in a justice building in the town of Augsburg and were likely destroyed in a bomb attack during World War II. So... Fucking Nazis. Just another weird... Yeah, fucking Nazis, man. <laughs> but another weird aspect of this is just that they huh. are buried headless. Weird. Yeah. Okay, here's my theory. Listening okay. to what, 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 what you just laid out. Yeah. So... Hit me. To put all that evidence together... Yes. I think it was the husband mm. who su- supposedly died in World War One did that whole identity swap and came back to like check on his wife and maybe heard that she was like carrying on with her dad or that um, town guide guy mm-hmm. heard that his wife was like had moved on or whatever was pissed and so he started to kind of like stalk the family which is why there was that weird newspaper from Munich mm-hmm. maybe his sort of like base of operations was in Munich and he was just coming to check out the uh, farm to see what was going on actually that's the newspaper um 
and then he just kind of like stalked them and watched and maybe he saw Victoria and her dad or Victoria yeah. and that other guy and that just like sent him into a rage mm-hmm. and he grabbed a Maddox and killed the family yeah. one by one, maybe lured them out into the barn or I don't know how the actual murder took place. That's a whole other question. Right. But then he decided to live there because it was familiar to him. Yeah. And he had nowhere else to go. And so he just kind of stayed there until he got his act together. Maybe witnessed that that um, guy come to go fix the, the farm machinery, like witnessed mm-hmm. that, opened the doors to like have everybody like be found or whatever so that the bodies wouldn't be too decomposed or whatever out of respect. Yeah. Right. Um, and then like took off at some point there mm-hmm. and was never seen again. Yeah. That seems like the most likely to me. He has motive, opportunity, right. if he's alive, if, if he was alive after World War One. Yeah. He has motive, opportunity, and it very well fits somebody who knows the homestead, would have cared for the cattle, mm-hmm. and like definitely had a reason to have like a lot of rage well yeah i mean I, i'm not trying to say that he had like a good reason to murder seven people <laughs> yeah. but you're like i feel you dude <clears throat> i would have done the same thing I done the same thing but he definitely had like a strong motive to do so yeah well yeah it does seem like somebody would have to have some emotional connection because i could kind of see staying in the house like eating the food if it was just a matter of convenience or just sort of cold-heartedness, like, oh, I'm, I killed these people, I'm just gonna yeah. take their shit free, now, but feeding shit. the animals seems like a personal thing. Like, that seems yeah. like something you wouldn't bother with. I mean, if you just killed a bunch of humans, right? I mean, animals are better than humans, but correct. I just, it seems odd that you would be like, oh, I gotta make sure I feed the cattle while right. I'm here. Like, that just seems weird to me. And, oh, and one of the things, too, that I forgot to mention was that um, there had been, so yeah, like I said, they had heard, like, these weird footsteps mm-hmm. in the weeks leading up to the murders, and the dad had investigated. And I guess when they were searching after they found the bodies, they were kind of looking to see if there was anything suspicious. And they found this odd spot in the barn. It like must have been higher up in one of the, I don't know what you call it, like where they store the hay kind of up okay, in yeah. the upper part of the barn. And there was a weird spot that looked like some of the hay had been cleared out, like somebody had been able to like get up there and be up there. But supposedly it was theorized that that was, like, one of the places that the dad and, like, the daughter went to, like, do their weird incest business. Yeah. yeah. So it was theorized that that was why the dad hadn't, like, noticed that as a weird spot because he knew about it because he's the one who set it up. So I almost wonder if, yeah, like, what if the husband was there lurking around right. watching things and then what if he, like, spotted them mm-hmm. in the barn doing whatever yeah. gross shit they were doing. Right. And maybe that was kind of his, you know... The, threw him into a rage. Yeah. Interesting. Because they were all found in the barn. They were yeah. killed in the barn. Right, and so that so, was like sort of like the yeah. the center focus of his rage. Yeah. So he like maybe he maybe they like went out to the barn and he started and he killed both of them mm-hmm. and then like someone heard one of those noises and went out to the barn and then yeah. he just kept killing. Why would they even coming. if they couldn't hear people screaming necessarily <clears throat> like maybe I mean you'd think that they must have been able to hear the animals. you think they'd want to hear if the animals were, like, upset. Right. You know, like making noises. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. who knows? But, yeah, it seems like it would or make sense. just, like, oh, like, so-and-so went down to the barn, like, 20 minutes ago. Where are they? Yeah, exactly. Or like, if they kind of disappeared to go do something in the barn. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, yeah, the, um, maybe the mom came out after. Because they don't know in which order people were killed. Right. So, it easily could have been the dad and the daughter. And then the mom's like, oh, where have they been? Right. Comes out there. And then the, the daughter is like, what the heck? Like, where's right. everybody? goes out there killed who knows why she wasn't killed immediately right um but the matic it said was 
from the farm. So it wasn't like somebody brought it. So, so it fits that somebody... Yeah. Like, it It makes the most sense that it was someone involved with Victoria mm. because she seems to be the one who has the most going on that would be, like, causing people, like, to be upset. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, whether you're her lover and she's, like, carrying on with other people mm. or you're just a moral person and why is she carrying on with her father? And why is she doing that? I mean, yeah, I'm upset with her, yeah, too. Right. Because the heck were you doing? I don't really know how common incest was in 1920s, like, rural Germany. Maybe it was more common than I would like to know. I don't really want to know. No. Now that I'm I think about it. That. I'm all set. But, yeah. Yep, so that's that's the Hinterkreifeg murders. Interesting. Really messed up. And I'm, like, I don't think I... For me, like, going... I wouldn't want to visit the site of a murder, necessarily. Right. I'm cool going to places that are haunted, that have weird <clears throat> connections to other things, but for me... Like, I know people want to go and stay, like, in a hotel room. They want to stay in the room where somebody was murdered. Like, that's right. not my thing. No. That just feels, like, bad. Yes. Bad juju to go hang out there, especially like this. Like, a whole family's murdered brutally. Right. I don't want to go chill in that area. But, I mean, if I ever found myself in Munich, I might take a look at that memorial spot. You could go check out the memorial because it's almost yeah. like respecting the victims. Exactly. Like, I definitely, I would be interested to, like, see the barn, I think, if it still existed. But I would not want to go inside. No. 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 I'm all set with that. We already, mom and I went to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have a, you know, a train car that mm -hmm. supposedly was one, one of, of the train cars. cars. That was messed up. That's some seriously fucked up energy. Yeah. You walk through that and it is like, yeah, the creepiest thing I've ever felt. Yeah. Because you, I mean, I wonder with some of those things, if you didn't know what the context was, would you feel it walking through? I mean, is right. part of it that you know, like, wow, a bunch of people were brought to their death in this cart or I don't know, but it, I mean, it had enough energy that I was like, you'd have to feel this oh, yeah. regardless. So I imagine it would be like that. You'd go into that barn and just be like, oof. Yes. Isn't right. <laughs> Not right at all. So yeah. Interesting. One of my weirdly, one of my favorite unsolved murders. That's a cool one. Yeah. I had heard about it, heard about it, but I didn't know any of those details. Yeah. It's kind of cool that it's in Germany. You know, yeah. it's not a, there's enough murders in the United States. Yes. We can do those forever. Right. So once in a while we can delve into some international murders. International murders. So, but you're going to bring us back to the United States with yours. Yes. Yes. All right. You ready? So yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So my mysterious death is the death of Elisa Lamb. Yes. So Elisa Lamb was a 22 year old college student from Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. She was visiting Los Angeles, California back in 2013 by herself. Wow. She took the train, like the Amtrak, from mm -hmm. Vancouver. She was basically just like sightseeing. Came down to L.A. She was staying there for a while. Um, she like went to like, like the San Diego Zoo. She was posting on social media. She had a Tumblr. Um, she doesn't like have a, a Tumblr. Right. Well, I mean, not, not anymore, but <laughs> 2013 2013, I did. everyone yeah, did. Everyone did. Um, so... Yeah. She went to L.A. With mm. it by herself, and she stayed at a hotel called the Hotel Cecil in downtown L.A., which is a relatively famous hotel in L.A. for okay. some very strange reasons. So let me talk about the hotel first, okay? Yep. So Hotel Cecil was built in the 1920s. It was a, like a, not working class, but it was more of like a, a less expensive hotel for a while and has more recently tried to re 
reestablished its image into more of like a boutique hotel. Hmm. But back in the day, it was relatively inexpensive. So it has a famous history of like really dark shit happening there. Interesting. So the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, shit. Elizabeth Short. Mm -hmm. um, very famous murder that occurred in L.A. That'll be a future episode. That will definitely be a future episode. <laughs> if you don't know, look it up. Yep. Um, she stopped at the Hotel Cecil. That was one of the last stops she made before she was murdered. Oh, wow. One of the last places she was seen was Damn. the Hotel Cecil in downtown L.A. Damn. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, what? while he was actively stalking and murdering people, stayed at the Hotel Cecil for a week or so. Whoa. Another serial killer, uh, Jack Unterweger, mm -hmm. who is from Austria. So that's a little oh. Germany-ish connection. Yeah. Um, he was like an international serial killer. He was convicted of a few murders, released, became like a weird like celebrity kind of person and like a, a journalist okay. and traveled to LA to like write about how L the United States is different than Germany with their perspective on serial killers and stuff. What? But while he was doing this, he was murdering prostitutes. Whoa. So he murdered people in like three, three different countries at least. Wow. Um, he stayed at the hotel Cecil in LA. Nice. So other than those famous people, there was also this woman who was known as the pigeon lady of Pershing, Pershing square. Okay. Lived at the hotel, and she was raped and murdered there. Wow. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of suicides at this hotel. Too many to name. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not uncommon for hotels to have a large number of murders and suicides, but I feel like the Hotel Cecil has a higher caliber of murders mm. and, like, a higher number of suicides than the average hotel. Yeah. Like, it's got some dark, dark energy. If Richard Ramirez is staying in your hotel, like, there's yeah. something wrong. This is, yeah, this is a bad place to be. He's a dark human being. So... That's sort of the setting for this whole mi mystery, mm -hmm. okay? So Elisa Lam travels. She's, she goes to stay at the Hotel Cecil, which is supposed to be this kind of boutique hotel that's, like, renovated its image and everything. Um, so she checks in. She's initially assigned to a group room. She has roommates, kind of okay. like a hostel. Interesting. Um, but her roommates complained about, quote, odd behavior. Hmm. And she was moved to a solar room after only two days with staying with these people. Wow. There's no uh, sort of details about what that odd behavior was, mm -hmm. but she was just odd and made them uncomfortable. So she was transferred. So does her thing, totally normal, posting on social media and everything. Then January 31st of 2013, she's supposed to check out. Um, and she didn't call her parents to check in like, Hey, I'm on my way home. I checked out of the hotel. So they, um, report her missing. They're really, they're, they end up coming down to LA to like look for her. Cause they're like, this isn't like her. Mm. She wouldn't just leave. She would like, we had like a schedule of when she was going to check in and everything. Um, so they report her missing and the police come and they search the hotel with dogs and everything. Like it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't have probable cause to search any of the rooms because she's not technically dead. She hasn't been missing for long enough for them to have probable cause. Hmm. So okay. they just kind of bring the dogs around like common areas and stuff. Yeah. They don't turn up anything. They don't see anything about her. Yeah. Um, they even like did like a whole like campaign of posting um, like flyers about like with her face on it around uh -huh. the neighborhood trying to look for her. Um, the neighborhood, by the way, that this hotel is in is Skid Row in Los Angeles. Okay. Which, put a pin in that, because that's going to become relevant when we talk about some theories. Okay. Um, so it's right in the middle of Skid Row, which Great. is a really bad bad part of L.A. with lots of homeless people, which is unfortunate. That's yeah. not why it's bad, but... Right. Um, so that's just kind of like another weird, like, setting. Yeah. That's going to become more significant later. Um, so yeah, so January 31st is when she's supposed to check out, and she's noticed that she's missing. 
Um, February 19th, her body Jeez. is discovered. So, Like almost three weeks later. Almost three weeks later. Damn. So her body was discovered because a bunch of the people in the Cecil Hotel noticed that when they turned the water on and water was coming out of their faucet, it was black and discolored. No. And smelled really bad. No. Yes. I don't like where this is going at all. Nope. No. So the police go and they check the, uh, there's four big water tanks on the top of the Hotel Cecil. No. And they found her body floating in that water tank. No. So for almost three weeks, people were drinking water with this decomposing woman's oh, body in it. my God. Yes. Oh, my God. That is the most disturbing, I think, aspect of this whole story outside of the mystery oh. is that for three weeks, think about all the people who drank, like, human tea. That's awful. Human <laughs> tea. Yeah, just baking on the roof. Taking a shower. Oh, my God. Like, there's, I mean, I, Wow. Yes. I'm speechless. I can't imagine that there's not like some sort of filtration system. Oh my god! But like, even right. if you're filtering out like the particle, it's just like the the thought Ugh. that it's that fucked me up when Horrifying. I heard about it. Horrifying. Yeah. Hotel water is already Questionable. so shady. Yes. We just were in Las Vegas, and the water you didn't really want to drink the hotel water from like the bathroom sink because it kind of smelled like sulfur. Oh yeah. Which I guess is something to do with the actually like I guess the filtration. Yeah. process or whatever I but so. i was still just like you would turn on the water like usually just the first time of the day mm -hmm. and you'd kind of just get like a quick whiff and you're kind of like what's that yeah and then it would go away you'd like get used to it really quick and you're like what right is this normal like, I'm not drinking this shit after yeah. and off after i heard about how like one of the dirtiest things in a hotel room is that you know the reusable cup that they give you like the glass cup oh yeah that's in the bathroom like it's supposed to be one of the dirtiest things because they like i guess it's one of the things that they're supposedly not great about cleaning Great. Every time they turn over well, the room, so it was just, again. yeah, it was talking about how nasty it is. So I'm like, nope, I'm good. So yeah, but that's a lot better than uh, human tea. <clears throat> yep, I'm decomposing human. Me being a, like as germaphobic as I am, yep. the thought <laughs> that I would stay somewhere and then find out like, oh yeah, there was a dead body in right. the water for weeks, right. and you drank it. You drank it. I could never get clean again. Oh god, no. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, oh, so her body okay. was found. So she's floating in this. Uh, water tank Ugh. three weeks later Awful. so she was fully naked but her clothes were in the water tank with her okay and the water tank had i'll get into the placement of the water tank later mm. um so she got in there and took her own clothes off or somebody else took her clothes off. all we all we know is that she was naked and her weird. clothes were also in there with her weird but she was not wearing them okay and her clothes were covered in a sandy particulate that was never uh, definitively identified. Hmm. Um, so that was the night, February 19th. So I'm going to bring it back now. So basically the only facts that we knew about were that she was missing starting on the 31st and she was found on the 19th. Yeah. So this is the, the, the thing that sort of like bridges the gap between those two dates is one single surveillance video that they were able to recover from the hotel. Mm -hmm. It's from February 1st. So the day after she was reported missing, hmm. okay, which is a super weird kind of thing. Yeah. Why didn't she check out of the hotel? Why right. was she still in? This is from the Cecil Hotel. Weird. Specifically one camera in the Cecil Hotel at this one elevator. So if you're near a computer, even if you're not near a computer, go get near a computer and search Elisa Lamb on YouTube. And you will find it's like a four minute video and it's a super creepy and disturbing video of Elisa Lamb the last time you will ever see her alive. I think I've seen this video and we will also, I say this every week that we're going to get the show notes going. Yes. We're going to get those show notes going. Oh yeah. And if we get them going this week, 
like I'm promising you that I will, I will put a link to this video in the show notes. Because it's it's absolutely critical to this, yeah. the, like the, the mystery of the story. Because you, you watch for yourself and you'll be able to kind of, different people pull different things away from it. Mm-hmm. And it helps you formulate what you think happened. Yeah, it's a bizarre video because I, I knew a little bit about this case because I think I saw it on BuzzFeed Unsolved, must have been. Um, and they showed, they didn't show the whole video, but they showed parts of it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just creepy yeah, to so see. Okay. So yeah, describe the video a little bit. Okay. So it starts, the elevator door opens. So the, the whole video is from the perspective of like a camera up in the corner of the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, so the elevator door opens and Elisa Lamb comes in. She's just wearing these like black basketball shorts, like a tank top and like some flip flops. Just super casual, chilling. She's kind of like all of her movements are kind of like theatrical as mm-hmm. in like, she's very like over exaggerated with her arms while she's doing things. So she comes in and she kind of like sweeps her arm around and she bends down all animated to look at the control panel, like where the, uh, the buttons are. Mm-hmm. And she, she's bending down, looking at them all close and she pushes all the buttons for all the different floors. Okay. And then she kind of leans up against the wall and is like waiting for the door to close. And it's weird because the door starts to close and then it stops and it stays open. Hmm. And it stays open for the next, like, three minutes of the video. It Weird. just stays, like, open. And you can see her. She kind of, like, bends down and, like, looks out the window or out the elevator door. And then she kind of, like, like, like looks around the corner of the elevator down the hallway. And then she kind of, like, jumps out, almost like, like somebody's playing with her. Hmm. And she kind of, like, stands there, like, puts her hands on her head almost. Like, she's confused. Then she just kind of mills around. And then, like, she's gone for a little bit, but the elevator door is still open, and it's still open for three minutes. Weird. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't see her for, like, a few minutes of the video, and then all of a sudden the door just closes by itself. What? And, and then, there's nobody else in the elevator? No. There's nobody else Weird. in the video at all, just her. So it closes by itself, and then it opens again, and then it closes by itself. What the heck? Super weird, which could be explained by, like, her pressing all the buttons, I guess. Could right. have, like, shorted out the elevator. But it just seems weird that for the exact duration of this video, the door stays open the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's debatable what she's doing. Because, like, her body language almost seems like she's playful. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, playing with something or interacting with something that's not scary. But then other parts of her body language is almost like she's hiding. Hmm. And she's, like, like trying to, like, not be seen by somebody. Like, she kind of, like, ducks herself into the, the corner of the elevator, like, where the control panel is. And, like gets up into the corner like she's hiding. Hmm. But it's almost like she's playfully hiding. Right. Um, and there's no one. She's not interacting with anybody. No. It's almost like, and what's weird about the video too is that there's, for, for one thing, the time code is blurred and okay. nobody knows why. Weird. And there's a minute of footage missing. What? Which one theory is that there could have been some random person who walked by mm-hmm. who had nothing to do with the case. And they didn't want to, like, include that person in the video and, like, forever link them to Elisa Lamb. Right. I can kind of see that, but I also feel like they would keep that in and just blur the face. Yeah. Because it seems weird to just edit out a minute of footage. And then parts of the footage are also slowed down. Like, significantly slowed down. What the heck? And um, there's even parts where it looks almost like her mouth is being pixelated. Like, she's, like, talking or swearing, like, in a video. But, like, it's, like, blurred out. Yeah. So it's just a super weird piece of evidence and it's the only like very visible piece of evidence that you can see is in yeah. that video um <clears throat> and that people assume that's the night she died right because based on um the decomposition of her body and everything that seems like that was around the night that she died was february wow. 1st and weird because you said that she was kind of peeking out like looking down the hall almost and you'll never know 
what was she looking was at? Was she looking at, was there somebody? Was there nobody? We would never know who was there. Right. Which That's it seems so weird, weird that there's no other, like, cameras in the whole hotel yeah. that caught her. Yeah, you'd think that there'd be cameras in the hallway, right? I just assume that there are. Right. I don't know. I mean, maybe because it's like an old kind of rundown hotel. Yeah. But like they were saying, like it's been renovated and it was trying to be like a boutique hotel. So I feel like cameras would be something that would be very important. Right. Especially yeah. somewhere like Skid Row where people could just wander in and yep. you'd want like, you know, eyes on the different floors. Yeah. You'd think security would be important. Yeah. Weird. Okay. So that's, yeah, most likely the night she died. Yeah. So that's the only, that's the only like, that's like, like the last sort of like fact of her being alive. Mm. So then she's discovered on the 19th in the water tower. Um, she died, the cause of death was drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, she was coated in that weird sandy particulate. Weird. Um, and they did a toxicology screen and she had some prescription drugs in her system, okay. but she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. Okay. And the prescription drugs that were found in her system were treatments for bipolar disorder and depression, which the police just said, oh, Suicide. She was depressed. Period. End the sentence. Yeah. Done. Great. Which people also point to, like, oh, she was having like a psychotic episode. Mm-hmm. But you don't have psychotic episodes when you're you have bipolar disorder or you're depressed. It's not like she was diagnosed with like schizophrenia or something that has psychotic breaks from reality. Like she right. had a uh, something that a lot of people walk around with and are super normal and don't have like psychotic breaks from reality. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of like. The facts. The really interesting stuff was when you start to get into the sort of theories about what happened. Mm. Okay. So the official police story is that she had bipolar and depression, committed suicide, done. They point to, um, you know, her diagnosis of bipolar disorder and depression. And actually, they point to her Tumblr. Oh, no. Because there's a quote on her Tumblr from Chuck Palahniuk, (laughs) one of our favorite authors. One of our favorites. It's, um, you're always haunted by the idea that you're wasting your life. was kind of like her little tag at the end of it. And that's, yeah. And so like, oh, bipolar and depression. Have they ever been on Tumblr? Do they know how many thousands of Tumblrs have quotes like that? Like, holy shit. Right. And she was like, like, it was like, like the content of her Tumblr was just kind of like vaguely artsy photos and stuff. Like she seemed like she kind of wanted to be a photographer or something. So Mm. it was just like, like classic Tumblr shit. Like to cite that as like every single Tumblr. Someone's depressed. If a Tumblr isn't porn, it's that. Right. Basically. (laughs) Or it's, you know, some weirdly specific, like, Oh, I want to have sex with Pennywise. It's, it's something bizarre, (laughs) but it basically splits between porn and emo girls mostly. Right. Yeah. And like, for the for the record, her parents say she had no history of suicidal ideation, any kind of suicide attempts, nothing like that. Yeah. So it's very out of her character if she did commit suicide. Mm. So another theory that people have is that she was on some kind of recreational party drug. You know, she's yeah. a single 22-year-old college student by herself in L.A. In LA. It's possible she could have taken, people point to ecstasy because hmm. of like her sort of exaggerated everything that she was doing. and. Yep. The fact that she was found drowned when you're on ecstasy, apparently you get really thirsty. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I could see in a stretch you wanting yeah. to, like, go take a drink of water. Sure. But that that leads me to, okay, let's talk about the water towers. Yeah. So if you are, again, next to your computer after you just watch that video, Google the water towers of um, the Cecil Hotel. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's basically a concrete b- block platform that's about two feet high. 
And then on top of that two foot high platform are eight foot water towers, four okay. of them in like a square. Hmm. Um, they're eight feet high with no fixed way to get up on top of them. Okay. Just smooth metal sides. Yeah. There's no possible way that she could have got up there by That's herself. Bizarre. And once you get up there, the, the, the hatches, you have to lift up this heavy hatch that opens fully all the way and lays back on the top of the water tower. Oh, wow. So when she was found, the hatch was closed. What? So if, so this is, this is how she would have had to do it. Okay. So she would have had to get up onto the roof, which is possible by the, um, fire escape. Okay. So she would have had to get up onto the roof, climb up a sheer eight foot metal wall. Yeah. Open this heavy hatch, which she was like a a petite woman, so it would have been difficult to just do that. Mm. She would have then had to strip naked, throw her clothes into the hatch, like into the water tank, climb in halfway, and then close the hatch behind her. Weird. So, for some context, is the door of, like, the top of the water tower, is it smaller than the circumference of the whole thing, or is it, like, the entire circumference is the lid? It's smaller. It's, okay. like, a small... I, like, I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but it's probably, mm. like, two foot by two foot. Okay. Um, it was small enough that when they had to ex- extract her body, they had to cut a hole in the side of it because they couldn't fit her body out of it because it had swollen hmm. up. Oh, God. So it was relatively small, but yeah. just the the angle of it and the way that you wouldn't have, like... It's not like, like there was, like, a ladder inside there that you could, like put your feet on like for leverage to pull the door shut it would right. she would have been your, her legs would have been dangling in this water tower and she would have had to muscle this thing over weird it just like seems very unlikely of a way that anybody would have done it and like wh- even if she was on some kind of weird recreational drugs right it just seems very like an odd very difficult thing to do yeah that you wouldn't want to do if you're all fucked up on drugs and you're just trying to like do something for fun yeah something you spontaneous I mean? something spontaneous even it's getting the up to the exact roof. opposite of spontaneous it seems like it'd be easy enough if there was some kind of be like oops i'm just i went up too many flights of stairs and like now here's the door to the roof like oh i'll check it out but like right. if you have to climb up the fire escape right to get there that's a pretty intentional she, she couldn't have gone up through the regular like like staircase because you have to have a swipe key card like employees had to have a swipe key card yeah and they had a ladder that they had to put up a, like a, a non-permanent ladder that they had to use to go up and test the water hmm. so very unlikely that she did it to herself right yeah it's nothing you would stumble upon like she no. was going to the roof on purpose or right. was brought whatever but that was not like oh i'm just wandering around the hotel it's also bored. super weird if she was murdered and right. because that's like another theory that somebody murdered her and dumped her body in there. But for them to have done that, they would have had to take her either dead or unconscious body. She died by drowning. So it's possible that she could have been drowned in like a bathtub or something. Yeah. And dumped in the water tower. That's possible. Right. But they would have had to drag her either unconscious or dead body up the fire escape, up a sheer eight foot yeah. water tower open that thing, throw her naked body and her clothes in the water tower, which I feel like you'd dispose the clothes away from where you dispose of the body. Right. Um, and then close the hatch, take the ladder down, and then go about... It just seems highly unlikely. It's amazing that the idea of murder in this case almost seems more unlikely right. than her doing it herself in some weird... Just It seems like so much effort. So much effort. To bring a body up there of all places. Right. Of all places you could dump it. When you're right next to Skid Row and you could potentially just... I don't know, like throw her out the way I, I don't know like i feel like yeah. if you were going to murder her that hiding it there would be like the worst place to do it yeah um bizarre so those are like the sort of like regular theories about how what 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 happened with elisa lamb 
So one of my favorite theories, yes. and one of the ones that kind of like gave me the chills. So this is one of the wildest coincidences I've ever encountered while researching a paranormal or mysterious topic. Mm. So <clears throat> since the hotel is in the Skid Row, large homeless population, a disease that affects a lot of homeless people is tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So the industry standard test for tuberculosis the like sort of like clinical name for the test it's lam dash elisa what l a m dash e l i s a lam dot elisa what you can look that up it is a real <laughs> it's a real thing oh my god he's showing me right now clinical I'm zooming in yeah it's literally just lam dash elisa that's bizarre it's super bizarre like at the very least it's spelled exactly like her name yeah it's a huge coincidence, like mm-hmm. wild coincidence. And yeah. that is like a documented fact. Her name is Elisa Lamb, and this tuberculosis test that existed before this murder or this mysterious death is Lamb.Elisa-Elisa. So just in and of itself, it's a wild yeah. coincidence. Like, it's a wild coincidence. What are the odds of that? Right. Um, so the theory of that comes into, so that the government or some shady sort of like pharmaceutical company was trying to like gave a large homeless population in LA tuberculosis Mm -hmm. so that they could either perfect this test or the test was somehow involved in this weird, like the government giving people tuberculosis and they manufactured the Elisa lamb disappearance and these mysterious circumstances, like maybe took a college student and gave her some sort of like LSD or something Mm. and then killed her and dumped her body in this thing as a way of, if you go onto Google and you Google Elisa Lamb or Lamb Dash Elisa, you're just going to get tons of um, results that talk about the mysterious disappearance of Elisa Lamb. Yeah. And I like trying to find information about whether or not the tuberculosis test is really called Lamb Dash Elisa was difficult mm. because every time you search, even if you search Lamb Dash Elisa in quotation marks on Google, like to give the exact results, you have to go like two or three pages back until you even find any information that's not about the mysterious disappearance of Elisa Lamb. Weird. So it's like, the theory is that they did that on purpose so that they could kind of bury this experiment and that if you tried to search it, you wouldn't find the information. It would be so difficult to find it that you wouldn't go into it. So it just sucks for her for having that name. Right. Or they made up that name. Right. And they like created that name as a way of like, deflecting it and like created a whole identity for her and that wasn't her name jesus they like hired people to be her parents or whatever and made this whole intense it's very intense i guess it's like possible i wouldn't say it's sure probable but it's a it's a fucking wild coincidence that her name is that test yeah i don't i mean yeah that's too weird I, like, I tried, like, finding information about why the test has that name, and f- the best of well, that I can find is that it's, like, an um, acronym. Hmm. Some weird, like, medical jargon. That's just, yeah, such a weird coincidence, though. Right. Like, the exact name. It's not just one part of her name. Right. Her full name. And there's also a theory that um, she was given a tuberculosis test, this Lamb-Elisa test, because some of the symptoms are sort of, like, odd behavior and, mm. like, disorientation. Hmm. So... That could possibly be it. Sure. Um, but ultimately, like, I was trying to think of, like, where do I come down on this? Like, what do I really think happened, given all the evidence? 
Um, oh, another whole theory that I should probably get into is just yeah. like the whole paranormal aspect of it. Yeah. The idea that like, okay, Richard Ramirez, this other serial killer, the Black Dahlia, this hotel is surrounded by death mm-hmm. and it's like a very like death centric place. And either these dark forces are attracted to this hotel because it's already dark yeah. or the number of dark occurrences that have happened at this hotel have sort of like lingered and created this like bad presence there. Mm-hmm. And so... What Elisa Lam was interacting with in that hotel was some sort of entity that we can't see from the video camera, yeah. but that was interacting with her and that she was like having a conversation with and maybe was trying to flee or trying to get away from or mm-hmm. maybe just being playful with. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing in, I think it's Chinese culture where it's called the elevator game. Hmm. You are supposed to do this set of. You, like, push all the buttons to get on a, an elevator, and when the door opens, like, the door closes and then opens on the next floor, um, if anything looks off, then you're not supposed to get out of the elevator, because if you get off the elevator, then you get into, like, a parallel dimension, Whoa. and you disappear from our dimension, you go into this other parallel dimension. Or, Jesus. So, people think, like, she's playing the elevator game, and she, she got lost. involved, and she lost, or, Damn. or won, or she did. Yeah, she did end up in a different right. dimension right. one where she's dead. But then she came back to our dimension. Right. And ended up in that water tower. What the heck? And like none of it really like answers it. No. Like fully. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few cases where you're just like I none of these are plausible. Right. Really? Like the 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 weird like little detail about her body being found is the the sandy particulate on her clothes mm. was never fully identified. Some people have said it's they're like up up above the water towers. There's like a little like part of the roof that sticks up higher, mm. and so people think like maybe she climbed up onto that first and like full hmm. full body like rubbed on the ground as she was getting up, and that's right. like the sandy particulate. Okay, um, but that still is predicated on the idea that she climbed in there by herself and closed the door behind her. Yeah. Which just does not seem likely to me. No, it doesn't Given at all. everything that we know about her, like, n- just chalking it up to mental illness doesn't feel right. No. And it's so hard because I think mental illness is used so often in cases like this when, particularly when it's one person who goes missing and turns up dead, it's like, and on one hand, I'm like, you can't just blame every single weird occurrence on like, oh, mentally ill, like she, you know, was on medication, oh no. Right. But at the same time, like... Watching shows like Forensic Files or Unsolved Mysteries in particular, like every other episode of Unsolved Mysteries is somebody disappeared and then, you know, either is just gone or they were found dead. And every single set of parents that's told like, oh, well, your kid committed suicide is like, oh, they never would have done that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I wonder honestly how many parents would be told that their child committed suicide and would be like, oh, I knew it. You know, like, I feel like everybody's like, no, like, they wouldn't have done that. I mean, right. we see that all the time with celebrities, yep. with Robin Williams, with, um, I mean, basically every big celebrity that has committed suicide. There's, you know, of course there's a couple people that really knew them, right. like, knew them, knew them, and knew their struggles. But everybody else is like, I would never have thought. Right. And it's not that unusual to think that a child, especially early in your early 20s college kid, wouldn't necessarily share with her parents. I mean, we don't know how close they were. Right. Would she have told her parents that she wanted to... They seemed close enough that they knew immediately... That's true. ...that she was missing. They had a plan for her to check in. That is a pretty big thing. Right. So, who knows? Mm. But it also, like, if you just looked at it, like, oh, they found her in her room dead, 
and the idea was suicide, like I could maybe a little more lean towards that because it's like right. nobody knows really. But the bizarre circumstances right. are if, like if she you? were to have wanted to commit suicide, and she was up on the roof, the easiest way to commit suicide would have been jumping. Yeah, there's like a million better, faster, easier ways to have committed suicide, unless she was particularly fixated on that particular way of dying. Yeah, which reminds me about something that is also another weird coincidence. Yes. So this all occurred in 2013. Mm. In 2005. A movie came out called Dark Water. Okay. And in the movie, there's like a mother and a, a like her son or whatever who live mm. in this apartment building, and they turn on the water tap, and it's this dark, discolored water coming out. Whoa. Go up on the roof, open the water tank, they find the floating body of a dead girl who had died a few weeks before. What? This came out in 2005. Okay. So it's weird. It's either some weird premonition, collective consciousness kind of thing. Or I guess it is possible that she had seen this movie and thought about how that was a way that she would like to die. Right. And became fixated on that and for whatever reason decided to kill herself that way. Hmm. And, like, I guess I could stretch and see that because it's just as likely as all the other things going on. But it still just seems like a weird coincidence, kind of like the Elisa Lamb, Lamb Elisa thing. Yeah. But... It's just another, like, weird detail that just casts, like, a, more questions than answers, like... Yeah, she related to the wrong part of that movie. Right. She's like, you right. know what? I want to be when I grow up. That woman in the water. Dark, enclosed yeah. space. that dead woman. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. If anything, if if I have to believe that she was alone at all, I don't believe that it was suicide. Right. I believe, if nothing else, I would think that she'd have to be under the influence of something Right. to... Not just to go up to the roof. I could see that that would be like, woo. Right. I mean, a little bit odd being by herself. She right. wasn't, I mean, we don't know for sure, I guess, but it seems like she was on a solo trip. She was doing her own thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if I was, I mean, I'm not sure if I would go to LA by myself for a trip. Right. Like to a hotel in Skid Row. Right. So I'm already very different right now, but I think if I was alone, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to go up to the fucking roof no. and like see what's up there. And, but, like, if it was that night that she was in the elevator, she was fully by herself at that time. Yeah. And that that's the most bizarre thing to me, I think, because, like you said, she was supposed to have checked out that morning. If it's, like, any other hotel, like, you know, late morning, she should have been gone. Right. And then that video being in the evening is just so bizarre that she was... It's not like she left the hotel and went somewhere else. You know, her body wasn't found in another part of the city. Right. She was at that hotel the whole time. So her parents... Are worried. They must have been trying to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she must have had a cell phone. Right. They, her cell phone, you know, she had lost her cell phone, supposedly, oh, okay. while she was um, sightseeing. But then there's also this weird question, like, somebody thought that, like, she had been given another cell phone, like, as a replacement, or she had got, like, a burner phone or something, mm. and that was also missing. Weird. Yeah, so you got to think, I mean, okay, so even if she, let's say her cell phone was gone, and she didn't have a burner phone. Right. She still... If she's in her right state of mind, which who knows if she was, right. whether it was the theorized mental break, which I also don't agree with, but right. if that was the case, or if she was under the influence of something, then you'd think if she was in her right state of mind, she would have been aware that her, yeah, her parents would be looking for her. Right. That she was supposed to leave that day. Mm-hmm. And, and this elevator video took place at night on the February 1st, yeah. the day after she was supposed to communicate to her parents. Mm. And the day after she was supposed to leave. Yeah. So, so if she'd been in a right state of mind. Time. Right. That's, yeah. So something something was wrong. None of the facts fit together. No. It just doesn't form a cohesive storyline to me. Man. These stories just get me because it's just, yeah, it's one of those <clears throat> things like we're never going to know. Never, ever. It's 
both fascinating and infuriating. Yes. Like watching, again, Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. which I'm sure all of you know about, but if you don't, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see it. I've probably now watched all the episodes, like, well, at least the few f- first few seasons several more times now. There's some fascinating shit in there. Yeah. They, they mix it up. They've got some that's like, somebody left a whole bunch of money to some people when he died and they've never claimed their money. So like, is it you? And it's like, I don't want to know about mysteries like that. Right. I want to know that somebody disappeared right. and was never found again or like turned up in a different city and didn't know who they were. Like, that's what I want to know about. But there's so many cases like that that are just like, you're never going to know. Nobody's right. ever, because she's dead. Yeah. She's the only person who could tell us right. what the fuck happened. Or the government. And, or the government. Yeah. And they're not going to fucking tell us. So nobody's ever going to know. So all there are are theories. Or Hinter Kafek. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's ever going to know who killed those people. Right. And whoever killed those people got away with it. Exactly. Yeah. They're totally innocent. Even if they were suspected, nobody was ever convicted. Right. Just walking yeah. around. This is why my husband, Nate, is not intrigued by these stories. I don't understand it. He'll watch Unsolved Mysteries with me, I think, more because it's like a nostalgic thing for him. Oh. And, I mean, you and I used to watch that, like, when I first... The theme song weirdly, like, changes a lot throughout the seasons, hmm. um, but at least the first couple seasons for sure have, like, that classic Unsolved Mysteries theme song. Oh, my God. And hearing it both, like, brings me back to childhood and it's like, oh, like, I just have all these, like, fuzzy feelings about the 90s. Yeah. But it also gives me so much anxiety because I remember that show being really scary yeah. when I, we were kids. Like, it's not really meant to be scary, but it is freaky like the theme song and just yeah the whole idea that there's all these creepy mysteries i'm sure that show is in large part like why i'm fascinated with that stuff still right it's just been burned in my brain but yeah he just never like all the there was one about db cooper the dude who jumped out of the plane which that'll be a topic and for me one of like the most fascinating mysteries ever Mm -hmm. and we watched the that part of the episode and i was like this isn't like i paused it to be like what the fuck yeah and was freaking out to nate and he was just like yeah that's weird (laughs) <laughs> like that's his response to every unsolved mystery Classic it's just like Nate. yeah that's weird I'm like how do you not and even just again like the aspect of like we will never find out like isn't it weird to think that this crazy thing happened right somebody's either gone forever or they're dead and we have no idea and he's always just like yeah like he just rolls his eyes at me like yeah that's that's really weird yeah like dude what's wrong with your brain so but you hmm. get it Oh, I get it. That's why you're here. I'm right there with you. Before we had this podcast, <laughs> yeah, we I would just do this research on my own. Yeah, I would just like on this. dive into a topic. Yeah, go through like Wikipedia as like a starting point, and then just like fall down the rabbit hole of the it's internet so fun. and try to figure out like what do I think happened. Yeah, try to gather as much facts as I can, and then make my own decision as to what I think the most likely circumstance is. Yeah, and I'm most fascinated by the mysteries where I don't think I have a clear answer Mm. where I'm like this is like my best guess but like even that I'm like "Eh." yeah it doesn't really make sense right like this case yeah there's nothing that 100% fits like yeah this no this makes sense nothing makes sense. every fact instead of clarifying the other facts just like comes out of left field and you're like oh fucking tb test oh like it just it off yeah Mm -hmm. blows my mind every time yeah no and I, I do the same thing with mysteries and this is why when we started this podcast we decided we'd make a big list of topics so that mm-hmm. we could always have stuff to choose from so that we were never like, oh, okay. And I just copied a big list that I already had. Yep. That was just like, I just had a literally a document on my desktop that's just titled Weird Shit that I had just, in alphabetical order, had a yep. whole bunch of cryptids, unsolved, 
cases, disappearances, murders, you know, weird, I don't even know, UFO sightings, bizarre shit. Yeah. And I was just like, cool, I'll just copy that into a new thing and that'll be our Google Docs. Yep. It's been great. It's been great, yeah. It's, We've got a huge list. It grows by the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear, like, I'll think of something or I'll see something on, on like, I went through a whole, every time I'd watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, I'd be like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Add it to the list. Yeah. So, so we, got, we got material for years. For, yeah, a long time. Decades. I think the last time we counted, which includes the topics we've done so far, but there haven't been that many, we were, what, like, at, like, 150? Yeah. Different, like, cases. Right. So, yeah, we got material for a while. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. So, yeah. So that's our first unsolved death, mysterious death episode. First of many. First there's of many. tons out there. There are so many. And there are some big, you know, mysterious death, mysterious murder cases that I'm sure will be bigger episodes. Yep. But there's so many weird... I actually had to choose between this unsolved murder case and another one, a disappearance that I really love. <laughs> so I'll just be saving that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's episode five. Wow. Of Unknowable. It's wild. Crazy. Our so, episode five. come find us wherever we are. Not in person. I mean, no, maybe if you want don't. to. That sounded awful. Maybe that sounds bad. <laughs> please do not stalk us. Um, but stalk us on social media. Yeah. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, Unknowable Podcast. Uh, you can now find us on Tumblr. Wow. Because we have a Tumblr. Right. Hey, it's been cool. You can follow us and Elisa Lamb. You can. Oh, man. I wonder she if her, she sold the Tumblr. I don't know. Oh. oh, another weird detail. Yeah. Her Tumblr was updated after she died. Oh, no. More posts were posted. What the fuck? Which could have been a cue. That's important. Or somebody could have hacked into it. Oh, now we got to find out if it mm-hmm. exists. Okay. If it exists, it'll be in the show notes. Yes. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> um, Elisa Lamb Tumblr. It's written. Um, yeah. So find us on Tumblr. Find us on... Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. You can find our episodes on iTunes yep. slash Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it. Um, we are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on CastBox. We're on TuneIn. You can also find us at our website, knowablepodcast.com. Technically, we're on Twitter, but I haven't updated it yet. <laughs> I should do that. We'll get there. Yeah, Twitter, you know, I feel like for podcasts, maybe not the biggest thing. I don't really know Yeah. social media that well. But either way, find us. Tell us what you think. Tell us what we should talk about. Tell us if you want to be on the show. We are planning eventually to have guests yes. here and there. But if you have any weird things that you've been a part of, that you've witnessed, let us know. Please. Please. And especially if you have anything local yes. that we could go and check out. New England. Hit us up. Yeah. Maine. New Hampshire. Yeah. Any of that stuff. Vermont. There's lots of creepy shit in Vermont. Yeah. So hit us up. Yeah. All right. Episode five. I'm Gray. I'm Justine. And this is Unknowable. Unknowable. All right. Love you. <laughs>